It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. By Subway, where winners eat. everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field, downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us for some baseball talk on the radio. Coming up on this week's show, well, the World Series teams are set with Kansas City's victory over the Blue Jays on Friday night, winning the American League Championship Series. Earlier in the week, the Mets ended up sweeping the Cubs to win the National League Championship Series, setting up a Mets-Royals World Series Two teams, well, it's been a while between World Series victories for them. The Mets going back to the 1986 World Series with their dramatic victory over the Boston Red Sox. And for Kansas City, you have to go back to 1985 to find their last World Series win. But the Royals did get there a year ago and came awfully close to coming away with a win, losing a seven-game thriller to the San Francisco Giants. We will have the recaps on both of the championship series. We'll be joined by Anthony Kastrovitz, longtime writer and columnist for MLB.com. He'll fill us in on the National League side of things, some other baseball news as well. We'll bring you some updates from the American League Championship Series as well. Also, a look behind the scenes at the renovation project that is taking place at Progressive Field, the second offseason in a row where some major changes will take place at the ballpark. The right field district a year ago and now an area behind home plate being changed dramatically as the Indians prepare for 2016. So we'll bring you an update on that and have much more coming your way shortly as we get rolling with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Meet Peter. Hello? Peter is about to round out his bobblehead collection. Just need one more. But he'll go below his account's minimum balance and get charged a fee. Minimum balance fee? Yep, because of a wiggly little statue. Switch to a KeyBank hassle-free account with no monthly minimum balance or overdraft fees. Get full details at key.com slash switch now or any KeyBank branch. Member FDIC and Banking Home of the Indians. Tribe fans, you can become a season ticket holder for less than $40 a month. Make a deposit today to receive up to 20% off single-game tickets and priority access to opening day tickets and postseason games. Season ticket holders also get access to exclusive VIP player events and more. Don't miss a minute of the action. Get the best seats, the best prices, and the best perks with Indian season tickets. Call 216-420-HITS or visit Indians.com to find out more. 
Let's flow, and this is my impression of a traveling lounge singer. And we're going up the airport escalator. Hey, where are you from? <laughs> no response. Classic. Got in an accident, so you gotta take a cab, huh? No cabs at Progressive Service Centers. They got rental cars on site, which is out of sight, you know? <laughs> Progressive takes the hassle out of claims. Just drop your car off at one of our service centers, and we'll manage the rest. Here's a little number I like to call. Waiting for the shuttle bus. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Service centers not available in all areas. You have a choice of repair facilities. What shade is your team spirit? Are your lucky blue socks unwashed from last week's win? Is your ninth inning charm a green hat that looks best inside out? Is your faded brown mitt held high for that white comet hurling directly toward please let it be seat number 127? Or do you prefer to simply sit back and paint your seat with tan peanut shells? Whatever your shade of team spirit, you'll find the colors that reflect it only at Sherwin-Williams. Visit your neighborhood store or sherwinwilliams.com today. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field, downtown Cleveland, where the World Series teams are set. It's Kansas City and New York after Friday night's thriller in KC. On the call at the end for the Royals, their Hall of Fame radio broadcaster, Denny Matthews. Also on this clip, Joe Buck from Fox Sports. Ground ball third. Moustakis has got it to first. Royals win it. Royals win the series. What a finish. Four to three. The boys celebrate in the center of the diamond. Back-to-back American League pennants for the Kansas City Royals, and off they go to the Fall Classic for a date on Tuesday night here against the New York Mets. So the Royals came up winners, and joining us now, fresh off the plane, back from Kansas City, covering the American League Championship Series. We see him all summer long as the Indians beat reporter for MLB.com. Jordan Bastion talking about the thrills and ups and downs of a great series, the American League Championship Series. Much more drama and intrigue than the National League side of things. It was, yeah. I think on the National League side, I think people thought there would be a lot of more intrigue, but you know the Mets and uh, Babe Murphy certainly took care of that. You know, now they'll be taking on the Royals in the uh, World Series, which I think will be an interesting matchup. But, you know, the Blue Jays kind of played with their backs against the wall all the way dating back to the Division Series against Texas. They were down 0-2 in that series, climbed back, won it, got to the ALCS against the reigning champs and the Royals. 
went down 0-2 again, go back to Toronto, take two or three, force it back to Kansas City in game six, you know, was one of those classic postseason games where, you know, you just had so many different elements um, that I think you'll sort of over time as you go back and maybe rewatch that game, we'll, we'll learn to appreciate, you know, just how kind of a vintage postseason game it was. It was pretty incredible. And you know, obviously the Royals have shown us here that last season was no fluke. This team is for real. They're a power. They've done it slightly uh, in a different way than other teams in American League past. But here they are two years in a row in the World Series, well-deserved. And you mentioned that, and I know coming out of spring training that was a theme because not many people seemed convinced that, that Kansas City was anything more than, than maybe a one-year wonder. But, uh, boy, they seemed to use that to fuel things during the regular season. And was there that undercurrent still in the playoffs or once you get to the point that they're in in the a championship series, does that kind of go on the back burner? You know, I think there was some momentum on the Blue Jays' side going into the playoffs just because of the incredible historical run differential, the amount of runs they scored, the fact that they got David Price, Troy Tuchelwitzki, these big blockbuster guys, and, you know, they kind of stormed their way through the East to the playoffs. So I think going into the postseason, they were kind of that sexy team, that sexy pick. And I almost think the Royals were so good during the regular season that, yeah, you kind of once again looked at them as an underdog because they – they dominated the central to the point where they clinched it so early that it's almost, the talk really wasn't about them for the last couple weeks of the season. I think that's where the Blue Jays kind of gained some of that national momentum. But I think, again, once you get to the, the postseason, you know, uh, the cream doesn't always rise to the top, but you see, you know, why these teams made it there, why they're so good. And, you know, for those of us who cover a team that, you know, came just short, we can kind of see – you know, what what kind of gap exists, you know, and that really was a great atmosphere in both cities, both in Kansas City, Coffin Stadium, up north of the border, Rogers Center. You know, it was a really fun series to cover, and hopefully uh, we have that in Cleveland here soon. And you mentioned that, and uh, obviously at, at the Rogers Center, just uh, wild scenes there throughout the playoffs, but Kansas City uh, really came on during uh, the latter half of last season and obviously there are fans on that miracle ride a year ago that, mm-hmm. that came up just short. Uh, but, man, it, it seems like it's even grown more uh, through this season and on into the playoffs. Yeah, it's a great atmosphere there. And, you know, they say winning cures all, and hopefully uh, the Indians can put that to the test pretty soon. Uh, but, yeah, it's fun to get to the, to the K. You know, we get there hours and hours before a game, and, Granted, the setup is a little different than a lot of other cities where the, the football stadium for the Chiefs and the baseball stadium are right next door to each other, and there's nothing but parking lots around it. But what that's created is you get that football tailgating atmosphere for baseball games. You know, that's a lot of fun to see. You know, we're rolling in the park at 3 o'clock for a night game, and, you know, there's already these, these huge crowds of people tailgating and getting ready for the games, and that obviously was even more so uh, during the postseason, and they packed that place and really put on a good show, and you know the fans are really into it. And I think again, it's it's a it was a starved fan base. You know they had been there since you know '85. They went through so many really bad years in Kansas City, and I think uh, for the fans who you know weren't the bandwagon ones jumping on just now, I think it was you know fun to see this team and the way they came together. As kind of mentioned, it's you know a team that kind of didn't go about it in that traditional sense, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, more athleticism, more defense-based, uh, speed, things like that, where, 
you know, it kind of has now shown other teams, you know, you don't, there's not just one way to build a championship caliber team. Jordan Bastion joining us, Indians beat reporter at MLB.com on the case at the American League Championship Series. Ned Yost, the manager for <laughs> the Royals, it's unbelievable that he just uh, gets so much flack for some of the decisions that he makes. And, and I know it came into play again last night with the rain yep. coming and he goes to his bullpen at a certain point in time that, that a lot of people didn't agree with. But son of a gun, it works out in the end. And, and he had a great explanation afterward. Um, an underrated manager or, or some of it deserved? And, and I guess bottom line, his team plays for him. Hey, we all got yosted again, right? I, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. I, I think, though, there was this idea that, you know, Wade Davis, if he can go five outs for a save, why can't he go six? You know, and, and Ryan Madsen had, you know, Rowley had been dependable since uh, Holland went down and then he kind of took over more of that setup role, uh, setting it up to Wade Davis, you know, during the regular season, the Blue Jays hit something like 600 against him. So you were kind of, it was, it was kind of a curious move when they brought him in and then the rain comes and, you know, now you're wondering, well, did you just lose Wade Davis, you know, and he, he's back in that training room doing everything he can uh, in that clubhouse, you know, on the stationary bike with a, a, a heating pad on his arm like he's doing everything he can behind the scenes to stay warm because the uh the rain delay was reaching that point where you you probably are, are thinking about going to somebody else just based on how long the the duration's been but yeah like you said you know it's every time we we uh kind of nationally pick apart what ned yost does works out and he looks like the mad genius and we all just have to go okay here he is it's funny when we talked to john gibbons blue jays manager early in the series you know he's kind of taken similar flack in toronto he's kind of one of those he has that good old boy from texas uh way about him and i think sometimes plays dumber than he actually is he's a very you know smart baseball uh manager um but you know they kind of brought up that yost and gibbons have both kind of taken similar heat you know, over the last couple of years, and Gibbons' only reply is he looked at us and goes, "Hey, we're here." You know, and it's so it's kind of funny. Yeah, it's uh, we all got yosted again. And team-wise, uh, the Royals going through this now for a second straight season, so uh, there's some experience there. But you wouldn't call them all a bunch of savvy veterans. But it seems like they know how to play the game when the games mean the most, at least the last couple of seasons. And is there that, that feeling in that clubhouse that no moment is too big for this ball club now? Yeah, I would say that. I would say last year, I would say that AL wildcard game where they really were put to the test against Oakland and it went extra innings and they had to keep clawing back. I think that kind of set up their postseason run that you're never out of this, really kind of you know hammering down that you know play to the 27th out mentality or beyond the 27th out when you go to extra innings. Um, and then I think last year's postseason sets the stage for this year, where they enter this year and see, okay, no one really believes in us. They're the same team. They run to the AL Central title, get to the playoffs, and they've had their back against the wall plenty. You know, So they weren't going to be a team that you know was going to buckle at adversity, and I think we saw that again in play last night. You know, and there's always been these little minutia moments that have come into play too with this team. And I, you saw it last night in the play with Lorenzo Cain scoring from first base on a single to right field. You know, this was kind of the a play that the third base coach had been 
looking for a moment to use. Um, he had noticed that Jose Bautista you know, on plays far to his left, the way his momentum would take him uh, when he would gather a ball and a single to that part of the field, he would turn and he would throw it to second. And with the right runner on first base, the third base coach knew that he could exploit this and he could send the guy all the way home because in a traditional sense, the runner would, you know, you would expect him to stop at third. And when Kane was going all out and Bautista gloved the ball and spun and fired to second, missing the cutoff man like he's had a tendency to do, he sends Kane all the way and it ends up being a brilliant play and a play that you won't see very often, uh, one of those classic postseason plays. And that, again, that kind of goes back to, you know, I mean, every team has these guys who study tendencies. But when you're on the postseason stage, it kind of gives you a chance to appreciate kind of the little things that have helped the Royals become the type of team that they've become, you know, where they can't outspend teams, but in certain situations, maybe they can outscout them, maybe they can outthink them and outrun them. I think it's fair to say they, they do the little things as well as anybody in baseball right now, and it's paid off with the back-to-back World Series appearances. Jordan, I know uh, some extra time on the beat this year, but uh, I'm sure it was enjoyable. And uh, thanks so much for coming by and filling us in. Uh, no problem, Rosie. Anytime. That's Jordan Bastion, Indians beat reporter for MLB.com. Always does some great work, and we thank him for joining us fresh off the plane from Kansas City earlier on Saturday after covering the American League Championship Series, which wrapped up on Friday night. When we come back, we'll have the National League story after this timeout on the Indians Radio Network. Hey, Flo here, and this is my impression of an easily overwhelmed person finding out about progressive service centers. A whole center devoted to helping me if I get into an accident? Oh, that's too much! You drop your car off, they manage repairs, and if you need a rental, they give you one on site? Holy baloney macaroni! What will they think of next? Taking the hassle out of making a claim. Now that's progressive. I forgot how to breathe! Does the air go in my nose and out my mouth or the other way around? Ah! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Service centers not available in all areas. You have a choice of repair facilities. Meet Madeline. Record collector. Call me Maddie. Maddie's smart, but doesn't know her bank charges a monthly fee. A monthly fee? Yeah. I could use that money on music. Yep. Like rock flute. Uh Uh-huh. Tuba slow jams. Okay. Dance yodeling. Sure. Switch to a KeyBank hassle-free account with no monthly minimum balance or overdraft fees and get $100 when transaction requirements are met. For details about this offer or how to get $300, go to key.com slash switch now or any KeyBank branch. Member FDIC.
Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. In our last segment, we talked about the Royals making it to the World Series with a 4-2 American League Championship Series win over the Toronto Blue Jays, keyed by Friday night's thrilling 4-3 win, and it really was a, an entertaining series. Uh, not as much dramatics in the National League Championship Series at the, as the Mets just completely dominated the Chicago Cubs, sweeping the series four games to none, winning Wednesday night 8-3 to three in the series clincher at Wrigley Field. And for the Mets, it was dominant pitching. The home run hitting of Daniel Murphy, who became a standout in the playoffs, doing things that had never been done before. In fact, home runs in six straight postseason games. That's a new major league record. Uh, four of those home runs coming in the National League Championship Series. He was the MVP of that series, and deservedly so. Terry Collins, the manager for the New York Mets. Boy, what a ride it has been for him. 11 seasons with three different teams as a major league manager. 11 more years as a minor league manager. First broke into pro ball back in 1971 in a playing career that never did make it to the major leagues. But uh, he's hung around in this game for a long, long time. And he talked about the range of emotions that he was going through as the Mets were wrapping up their four-game series sweep on Wednesday night. I'm standing there, I'm sitting in the dugout, standing there in the dugout in the ninth inning, I'm looking around the field, I'm looking down the dugout, and I'm, I'm just looking at all the guys thinking, you know, how did they do it? You know, how did, how did they keep it together? How did they stay focused? Um, and looked at the coaching staff, you know, and so I'm so happy that the, the job they did, and again, you, as you guys know, those of you who were around us all year, I mean, there were some tremendous peaks and some big, deep valleys. And to be able to keep those guys motivated and keep them level-headed through the whole season takes a lot of work. And my coaching staff, the veterans, did a tremendous job. And I just sat there and I said, wow, this, is the, this might be the finest group of guys I've ever been around. And over here to the left, Joel. Terry, uh, you've chased this moment for an entire baseball life, a lot of decades. I wonder if you could reflect on that, what it means to you. And I also, I'm sorry to ask this, did you reflect on your dad at all? in those moments near the end of the game? Yeah, Joel, you know, baseball's been my life, my whole life. You know, I, I was one of those guys who started playing when he was four or five. And I told a story tonight to some people that today, you know, tonight, this day is my, would have been my mom and dad's wedding anniversary, uh, had, they both, had they been alive. And um, I remember when I was 12 years old, I was such a baseball fan, I was begging my mom to stay home and watch the World Series between the Yankees and the Pirates. And she wrote me a note to get me out of school that I was sick in the afternoon and couldn't go back to school, the fifth grade, so I could stay home because the World Series were all in the daytime that, back then, so I could stay home and watch the World Series. And I'm sitting there tonight thinking, holy crap, now you're in it after all these years. And it's, it was worth the wait. It was worth all the work um, to see what it takes. I saw Jim Leland tonight, and he gave me one tip. And he said, don't take it for granted, grind it out. And that's exactly what I told the players before the game started. we got to grind it out again. And uh, so it's a special moment for me. After all these years when this has been your whole life, to finally get to the ultimate series that every person that's ever played this game wants to get to, uh, it's gonna, I'm going to enjoy it. Also after game four, the Mets wrapping things up, the most valuable player in the National League Championship Series, Daniel Murphy. Talked about how he did it. 
I can't explain it. It's just, it's such a blessing to be able to contribute to what we've been able to do. I really can't explain it. Um, it's just, it's just a complete blessing. That's, that's the only way I can describe it. Um, I'm excited to be able to do something to help us win ball games, um, but I can't explain it. Yeah, I, I'm very, I'm surprised. Um, you know, each time I've been able to, to put a swing on a ball and it goes out of the ballpark. You know, I, I feel like I've, I've been in stretches where I put good swings on balls, but like they're, they're singles. You know, and their doubles. Like I said, it's just an absolute blessing right now. I can't explain it. Um, you know, I know I've I've been up here, and you know, but you know, it's Jesus. That's I, I can't explain it. It's just a blessing. I think it's really special. Um, you know, Lucas Dude has been in this organization. Um, you know, John Neese was in before me, and you know, David's the longest tenured one. Uh, the fans have been awesome um, from the first game we played the Dodgers at our place to the first two games of this series, and. I also want to commend um, the Chicago Cubs fans. You know, they waited for their ball club to come back out and gave them an ovation that they rightly deserved. Um, that's a great club over there. They had a great year, and their future is really, really bright. Even more, though, like I said, each one of those home runs is almost has helped us try to win a ball game. I think, you know, the only one that we didn't win was the one where I was able to get Clayton at our place. But if I'm not mistaken, we've been able to win every other ball game. Um, that that is really exciting for me, you know, to come into the playoffs where runs are at a premium. Um, again, I can't explain why the balls keep going out of the ballpark, but they do, and we keep winning ball games, which is uh, the most important part and the coolest part. And our man on the scene, Anthony Castrovitz, who is a longtime writer now for MLB.com, former Indians beat writer for Indians.com. He was covering. Uh, in general, baseball, but uh, had a, a pretty good bird's eye view of the National League Championship Series. And he talked about how far the Mets had come, a team that no one had on the radar as uh, late as June, maybe even July, and, and maybe even later than that. But the Mets put things together late in the year, won the National League East, and then have blown through the playoffs to get to the World Series. And he says it's it's quite a trip considering where they were in the early stages of the season. Not at all. I mean, you, you said June, and it's, it's really as recently as July 31st. I'm sure even going into October, it, it was kind of um, maybe a little easier to count out the Mets and some other teams, um, you know, because they had to go against uh, Clayton Kershaw and Zach Greinke in L.A. in games one and two of the division series. Uh, it's a really tough draw there. But, you know, they, they toppled those two guys. They toppled uh, John Lester and Jake Arrieta, the, the fearsome twosome at the top of the Cubs rotation. And, and here they are. It's been an amazing, amazing story because, uh, again, as, as recently as, as late July, you're looking at a not just a bad offense, Rosie, but really a historically bad offense. They were fielding – they filled a lineup in late July that had two guys uh, – their four and five hitters had batting average below uh, below 180. Um, it was only the second time that it ever happened uh, where, where two guys with at least 100 at-bats Betting four and five uh, with with a batting average below 180. That's how bad the Mets lineup was uh, before they they had this uh, late July activity. Of course, trading for Yohannes Cespedes, bringing up Michael Conforto, and they got healthier in general. And it's just amazing uh, the ride they've been on ever since. And the man leading the team, longtime baseball man Terry Collins, has had yeah. opportunities with a couple of different clubs. And I guess you could point back to that time that you were talking about where it just didn't look good for New York, and it probably didn't look real good for Terry Collins. But now uh, it just seems like he's pushed all the right buttons and is the right type of manager for this type of ball club. 
Yeah, he has been. He ended the year uh, in lame duck status, so to speak. And uh, and you're right. Uh, midseason, it was very much an open question whether he'd be back. I think there's no question now he'll be back uh, for at least the next couple of years. And, uh, you know, players love playing for the guy. He sticks up for them in the media, um, which is something, of course, uh, the Indians see with Terry Francona. Um, you know, two very much player managers in that regard. And, uh a guy who's really come a long way because, you know, in 1999, he lost his job with the uh, Los Angeles Angels. There was basically a mutiny. Uh, the, the, the players just uh, kind of revolted against him. They went to the front office and, and said, you got to get rid of this guy. He, he did not re- relate well to players back then. I think he learned a lot of hard lessons from that. He was not out of the game for a long time, but he was out of the managerial spot for a long time after that and uh, just earned his way back into this role. And, you know, had not been dealt a, a particularly winning hand uh, his first few years with the Mets. Um, had them competitive a, a couple times within that, but ultimately not teams that were built to get to October. This year, there was a lot of question if this club was built to get to get to, get to October, if they had the offense. Um, and he had some real challenges, too, because they had a lot of young arms that, that needed uh, to be monitored from a workload standpoint. Matt Harvey, of course, being the most prominent of those coming back from Tommy John surgery. Um, so it was a lot to wade through this season, and he got them through it. You've had a chance to, to cover some of the games in New York during the, the playoff run. And New York's an interesting baseball town in that especially recent vintage. It just seems like the Yankees dominate a two-team town. But yeah. occasionally the Mets put things together and, and, and go on a run. Uh, had great teams back in the mid-'80s. Uh, and then that, that little spark there right around the turn of the century. But uh, when you look at it now, what what was the feeling in New York like toward the Mets, and, and how much does the entire city get behind them with the understanding that, that you have that other team in town that, that seems so <laughs> dominant? Yeah, th- this team really swept up people's imaginations even more than the Yankees, uh, who, of course, reached the playoffs, reached the wild card round. Uh, because it was such a, an amazing feel-good story there in the second half. And I was in New York quite a bit over the course of the season. You could just kind of see that building and, and see that brewing. Uh, this is a team that, that's easy to get behind because it has that young starting pitching that, that really attracts attention. And um, I remember talking to Terry Collins uh, during spring training this year because you know, the Yankees did end up making the playoffs to their credit, but we went into the year, it looked like, maybe the most vulnerable Yankees team we, we've seen in a long time, uh, just because some age and injury issues and, and the questions about their rotation. I asked Terry Collins, you know, could this become a Mets town again? And he said, that'll never happen, but there's room for two. And uh, I think that's basically been the case here uh, this season. That's the way it's played out. You know, the Mets, uh, again, the young arms that, that just, you know, really uh, get everybody's imagination firing and, and, and the UNS sets for this acquisition. He had 17 home runs down the stretch, just uh, becomes a cult figure in New York. So uh, it, it's been a lot of fun to watch. Anthony Castrovince joining us, MLB.com columnist, and we always like to somehow weave it back to how this all fits in with the, sure. Cleveland, with the Cleveland Indians. And uh, I think a lot of teams probably do this when a team uh, has success in October uh, you see teams trying to follow that model, but from an Indians fan perspective, the success of the Mets, how does that play into perhaps future success for the Indians, the way they're headed? Well, you know, they're, they're two teams similarly built, uh, you know, built around young, controllable, predominantly young, controllable pitching. And 
I don't know, Rosie. I mean, in today's game, with pitching the way it is, I've had my skepticism with both clubs just because, you know, it, it seems like the, the team's waited a little more offensively or ahead of the game because there's so much great pitching in the game. It's easier to put together a great rotation. But uh, when you have it under control uh, for the length of time that both of these clubs do, you know, that that's a strength. And the Mets, we've seen this season – how they pieced it together offensively just enough to just kind of stay in the hunt, and then they made the right moves. Now, uh, Yohannes Cespedes' trade is, is one that probably comes along like once in a lifetime. It, that might be one of the biggest uh, in-season trades we've ever seen in our lifetime. But, um, but again, I, I think the Indians probably, you know, on paper have a better offense than the Mets uh, as far as what they took into the season. And I, I think as far as what they'll take in 2016, you can definitely make that argument. So it's there, Rosie. I, mean, I just, you got to, things have to fall your way. Um, the Indians are in a tough division. We've seen that. Uh, the Royals make it even tougher. Uh, the, the Twins are certainly on the rise. But, you know, when, when you have this kind of a starting stash, you're in it night after night after night. Uh, we finally saw that start to come together for the Tribe in the second half. It was too little too late by that point. But if they can get off to, just a decent start. You know, the Mets had a really nice April. Weren't very good in May and June and July. Um, but, of course, the Nationals really fell back this season, and they really lived off the fumes of that good April. That's what it's going to take for the Indians, just get off to a strong start. And with the staff, I think, uh, you know, you can be competitive. And, again, we've seen it time and time again in the wild card era, and especially in the dual wild card era. It's, it's the team that's hot at the right time in October. If you get to October, you've got a shot at the World Series. And the Cubs – Great story into October. Yes, they're swept four games in the the National League Championship Series, but man, it seems like the sky's the limit for that team. Absolutely, Rosie. I mean, they're you know arguably a year ahead of schedule, and you don't take any opportunity to get the World Series for granted. But I think there was definitely a feel with that team that that this was all gravy for them. Uh, what they did in this postseason, and uh, you know, came a long way in a short time. Now we were talking about the Mets and Indians being built around their arms. Of course, the, the Cubs uh, zigged when a lot of organizations zagged and, and really targeted young bats, young controllable bats. Uh, they were building up their system, and now here we are. Now they got uh, they just got an unbelievable lineup. It was certainly a lineup uh, susceptible to some pitches low in the zone and, and, and strikeouts uh, when he got to the LCS round against the Mets. But uh, really, it's, it's a, it's a game-changer for them. It's a separator for them. It will be going forward, especially if those guys continue to mature. And, uh, you know, for the Cubs, it's just going to be about going out and supporting that rotation beyond Lester and Arietta this offseason because, you know, they've got all the pieces and they've, they've proven to themselves that uh, they, they can get to the fall classic. It's just they're going to need more pitching help to, uh, to get over that LCS hump next year. And that's our good friend of the program, Anthony Castrovince, talking about the National League Championship Series and some other subjects throughout baseball as well as we get ready for the World Series, which begins on Tuesday night in Kansas City with Game 1, the first two games in KC. Then next weekend, the scene will shift to New York City and uh, the Mets' home field, City Field. And if necessary, it'll head back to Kansas City for Games 6 and 7 as the Royals, once again, after that long drought of not even reaching the playoffs, all the way back to 1985, the last time they were in the playoffs. Now they're in the World Series for a second straight season. Should be quite a series as uh, the Royals expected to be there as a team. The Mets did not, but playing extremely well down the stretch. And uh, we'll see what transpires next week in Kansas City as the Fall Classic begins. Stay with us when we come back. We'll take a look at 
Some renovations being done to Progressive Field for a second consecutive offseason. They came out great a year ago in the right field district. And we'll give you a preview of what's going on behind home plate this offseason and what you can expect come opening day 2016. That's all coming up as we continue with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians radio network. What shade is your team spirit? Are your lucky blue socks unwashed from last week's win? Is your ninth inning charm a green hat that looks best inside out? Is your faded brown mitt held high for that white comet hurling directly toward please let it be seat number 127? Or do you prefer to simply sit back and paint your seat with tan peanut shells? Whatever your shade of team spirit, you'll find the colors that reflect it only at Sherwin-Williams. Visit your neighborhood store or SherwinWilliams.com today. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of someone calling into Sports Talk Radio. Yeah, this is Flo, longtime caller, first time on air. I just wanted to say that I think it is absolute hogwash not to go out there and try Progressive's Name Your Price tool. You can see all your coverage options, and options are how you get rings, championship rings, and parades of rings. Finding options to fit your budget with the Name Your Price tool, only at Progressive.com. You know, not for nothing, but my favorite rings have candy on them. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Sarah. Hi. Sarah is at the game, but if she buys anything, she'll go below her account's minimum balance and get charged a fee. Uh, so no hot dogs? No. No foam we're number one finger? Nope. Yuck. Switch to a KeyBank hassle-free account with no monthly minimum balance or overdraft fees. Get full details at key.com slash switch now or any KeyBank branch. Member FDIC and Banking Home of the Indians. Tribe fans, you can become a season ticket holder for less than $40 a month. Make a deposit today to receive up to 20% off single-game tickets and priority access to opening day tickets and postseason games. Season ticket holders also get access to exclusive VIP player events and more. Don't miss a minute of the action. Get the best seats, the best prices, and the best perks with Indian season tickets. Call 216-420-HITS or visit Indians.com to find out more. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field, where earlier this week we had a chance to check out Phase 2 of the Indians' renovation project here at the ballpark. As you know by now, last year during the offseason, major changes to the right field area of Progressive Field, new bullpens, 
the kid zone area, just tremendous. And of course, the right field district was the center point of the renovations, the corner bar area, all the different neighborhoods with great restaurants like Barrio, Melt, the Great Lakes Brewing Company, all part of the renovations in right field. Phase two now will happen behind home plate. It's already underway. And we went out to the ballpark with Jeff Weiland, who's the Director of Strategy and Business Analytics for the Indians. He's one of many overseeing the project, making sure that everything runs on time. And amidst the jackhammers and demolition of certain areas of the ballpark to make way for changes behind home plate, Jeff brought us up to date on the good early progress on a great project and how it's looking three weeks in. Yeah, we're we're off and running again on construction this year. A lot of it is a continuation of the themes that we tried to bring to the ballpark last year. Opening up the concourse, bringing fans closer to the game, maintaining connections uh, for fans when they go to get food and beverage and they go to the restroom and they want to walk around the concourse. Being able to maintain a visual uh, connection to the field at all times. Uh, and we're upgrading, continuing to upgrade our food and beverage offering, uh, adding more local concepts um, and trying to make this more of a unique Cleveland ballpark uh, with some unique Cleveland destinations. I'm sure you, you had some ideas about this part of the project before you even started last year's project. Based on feedback from fans and things that you heard, what are some of the, the maybe changes that you made to the initial plan? That maybe it's some of the things that you just mentioned, but what were some of the, the real hot points from fans that they really enjoyed? Yeah, I think the things that we've heard very loudly from fans are they want social areas. Um, it's not just enough anymore for them to sit in a seat for nine innings. Uh, they want to be able to have spaces where they can socialize, mingle, interact with other fans. So we're adding a few of those this year, uh, particularly with uh, a new lounge for season ticket holders uh, and some additional drink rail in left field. We also heard that fans really like the idea of um, the neighborhood concepts that we have in right field. So in right field this year, we added um, neighborhood areas, Tremont, Ohio City, Cleveland Heights, University Circle as examples, and put restaurants um, that are situated in those uh, specific neighborhoods into the ballpark. So we're going to do that again this year. Uh, we'll be announcing that uh, in the weeks and months to come. Uh, but we're going to add six new neighborhood concepts with local restaurants. Jeff Weiland joining us, uh, one of the, the folks who's overseeing this big project here. They're working behind the home plate area. We're standing in uh, the area of what they used to call the jury boxes, that small section of seats behind the, the lower boxes, uh, down behind home plate, and then stretching down the third baseline. And when you look at this project, as big a project as a year ago or a little bit smaller? Uh, it is probably a little bit smaller. Um, but this is a very, very complex building. There's a lot of integrated systems um, that we need to factor in. And, and so that doesn't make the job easier. Um, you know, we're fortunate in that we have a great construction manager in Gilbane, Gilbane Building Company uh, and a lot of great contractors, many of which are returning from last year. I know as part of this, the seating capacity will, will go down just a little bit once again. But the flip side of that was the standing room areas. And you mentioned mm -hmm. that, that ability to move around. And, and how big a, a factor does that play in, in everything that you're doing here? Yeah, so the, the capacity is going to go down by about 1,000 people. Um, but the experience is also different, right? This is, again, this is not... Um, somebody coming to the ballpark and getting a number two pencil and a scorecard and sitting in their seat for three, three and a half hours. 
people are coming here uh, to watch the game, but also to socialize uh, and feel connected to the team, connected to Cleveland, uh, and connected to the people that they're with and other fans. And so that means we have to design some different spaces. It's not simply enough uh, to just give someone a seat anymore. Oh, Jeff, thanks for the update. We'll check in again in, in a couple of months on a nice snowy day and then see how things are going, but thanks for the time today. Happy to do it, and if we do this in January, we'll do it uh, inside looking up. And again, thanks going out to Jeff Weiland for giving us the tour of the early stages of the renovation behind the home plate area. We'll catch up with Jeff throughout the offseason to get some updates on the project, which it looks like has a better chance to be finished by opening day than last year's project did, which was complete by opening day. But, boy, it was a scramble with that tough winter. And uh, certainly looks like things are moving along very well for the area behind home plate. Stay with us. We'll have more to come. Our final segment of Tribe Talk coming your way shortly after this timeout on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. You know that little voice in your head that always says this? Don't eat that. You'll regret it in more ways than one. You should hear what it says about the protein-packed Subway Sweet Onion Chicken Teriyaki. Ooh, tender all-white meat teriyaki glazed chicken. Crisp veggies, sweet onion sauce, all on freshly baked bread and under 400 calories. This is better than good. The legendary Sweet Onion Chicken Teriyaki. Sounds great, doesn't it? Subway. Eat fresh. Calories refer to regular six-inch subs on white or nine-grain wheat bread prepared to standard formula. See Subway.com for fat-saturated fat, cholesterol, sodium content, and full nutritional info. What shade is your team spirit? Are your lucky blue socks unwashed from last week's win? Is your ninth inning charm a green hat that looks best inside out? Is your faded brown mitt held high for that white comet hurling directly toward please let it be seat number 127? Or do you prefer to simply sit back and paint your seat with tan peanut shells? Whatever your shade of team spirit, you'll find the colors that reflect it only at Sherwin-Williams. Visit your neighborhood store or SherwinWilliams.com today.
Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. We finish this week's show with a reminder that the contest is still open. Tribe or Treat Halloween Costume Contest. Your son or daughter at their elementary school could receive a visit from Slider in a contest that the Indians have extended now through Sunday. Joel Hammond, who's the Indians' communication coordinator, has all the details on the Tribe or Tweet contest for kids. Yeah, we try to stay active on social media in the off season, and of course, um, uh, this is one way to do it around the holidays. So this is a third year, as you said, for this uh, Tribe or Treat Instagram contest. And uh, like you said, the winner gets a school visit um, next week during their Halloween celebration from Ketchup or Slider. Um, I tag along as well, and it's really a, a great time. The first year we did it, we we took Ketchup trick or treating with the kids around school. Last year it was a an assembly where Slider uh, it was a hoedown theme, and uh, Slider carried on as he is. Uh, want to do and it's really just a great time if you ever had a bad day take slider or ketchup and trick-or-treat with some kids and you'll 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 smile the rest of the day it's a really fun experience so any teachers trying to keep some level of good behavior involved that's out the window yeah any rules that are in place for students these young students during these assemblies quickly go out the window when those two uh, walk in the room all right so uh, once again how do people sign up for this and have a chance to win the visit. Yeah, so you're listening to this either Saturday or Sunday morning if, if you've tuned in on social media. So uh, the deadline is Sunday evening at 7 p.m. So go to Instagram, post a photo of your child or your family in tribe-themed Halloween costumes, and uh, use the hashtag tribe or treat, and that way we can track it and we'll judge it, and then we'll contact the winner early, uh, early next week, and uh, we'll bring those two guys to your school and have a good time uh, during your Halloween celebration. Happy Halloween, everyone. Thanks, Joel. Thank you, Rosie. And that'll do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Great to have you with us this week. We hope you can tune in once again next week. We'll have full coverage of the World Series between the Mets and the Royals and much more coming your way as we'll join you with Tribe Talk. Until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. been listening to tribe talk presented by progressive making it easy to bundle home and car insurance brought to you by subway where winners eat
Welcome to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, making it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Brought to you by Subway, where winners eat. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 